I believe in like what Robert Ebert said about film, which is he said it's the greatest tool of empathy. You know, we, we literally like jump into somebody else's body and their story, and we like, you know, we're able to sort of uh, it, it kind of gain that empathy by almost literally like jumping into the world. Hey guys, welcome to episode four of Ox Talk and the first episode of 2019. Um, I'm excited to announce today's guest. He goes by the name of Robbie Frank. He's a filmmaker and YouTuber based in New York City. Um, I had the privilege to sit down with him and talk to him about his passion for filmmaking and his dream of one day becoming a writer and director of a feature-length film. Thank you for the support and let's jump into it. This is episode four of Ox Talk with Robbie Frank. Hi, Robbie. Thanks a lot for coming to the podcast, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. How this you been, bro? I've been I've been good. Just yeah? busy working, you know. Nice. Well, what are you What are you most excited about right now, man? What are you working on? Um, well, I'm working on a couple of things. Um, I just finished a feature length script, uh, so I've been submitting that to some screenplay competitions. Uh, I've been continuing the YouTube Travel Channel. Um, and aside from that, um, you know, a lot of uh, what I do, just in terms of like you know normal work and making money is uh, I work as a, a union uh, assistant camera person for uh, different TV shows in New York City. That's awesome. How's that going for you? It's good. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a stressful industry. I'm not going to lie. Just because I, I think most people, when they think of TV and film, they think, oh, you're just like hanging out with celebrities all day or whatever. And the truth is that like you're typically working like a, a 12 to 14 hour day. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in the beginning of the week, you'll start, you know, 6am or something. And then by Friday, like you don't get called in until maybe like one o'clock. And so you don't get out until like two two or 3am on a Saturday morning. Um, so it it definitely can, you know, it's, it is easy to get burnt out, but, um, you know, I am, I am happier than I was when I was like a PA, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's, it is like a process to to get from here to there and for uh, sure yeah so walk me through this like what made you want to pursue like film and like, video in the first place yeah that's a, that's an interesting question mm-hmm. um it, it is something that i i did always sort of have uh an attraction to from a young age um like i you know even just when i went to college i, I remember we made this this uh film called sling it was like like about drug dealing or something yeah. it was kind of like the departed i guess but like really? imagine like high school kids doing that <laughs> um but like we were always you know whether it was sketch comedy or making short films um i was always kind of you know always interested in that you know we would always uh, tune into snl and I, I always thought that was a potential route too like you know, doing sketch comedy or, or, uh, but it was always a combination of like storytelling, whether it was writing or, or making movies or, or what have you. And, uh, yeah. And so that's, that's why I'm pursuing that. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. You're from here in Jersey? Yeah. I, I, I've lived, uh, in Princeton, New Jersey most yeah. of my life. Um, I, I, uh, Princeton Junction, New Jersey, just okay. outside of Princeton. And, uh, mm-hmm. I was here until I went to college. I went to college in, uh, Binghamton, New York at Binghamton okay. University. How's that? I, it was great. Um, it's it's uh, it's kind of a, it, you know it's a small town. It's mostly a college town. Mm-hmm. But, oh really? Yeah, I, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, IBM before they they moved uh, you know closer to New York City. Yeah. Their main headquarters was was in uh, Binghamton. No way. And when the business left, it kind of was like you know the auto industry is leaving Detroit. It completely destroyed the town. Mm-hmm. 
but the the college, you know, which is continue to grow and, and, and become a better and better school, mm-hmm. um, in, in a lot of ways, it kept the school alive. And yeah. uh, I, there's some beautiful nature preserves up there, and it, it was a good time. That's awesome. <laughs> so after Binghamton, what happened? What was next? So I, I had two degrees that I, I got from Binghamton. I got mm-hmm. a degree in, in film, which is what I, I had a passion for, and then I had a film in economics. Um, yeah. Kind of more as a safety, but, um, you know, there is so much... Um, economics and, and business that is associated with film um, that I thought, you know, if I, I took more of the producer route, um, that would make sense. Um, what I've discovered, though, is that I'm really more of a creative than I am a distributor or uh, a marketer or anything like that. Um, and that's why, for me, my ultimate goal is to to write and to direct. Um, and I've done that a little bit throughout the years when I'm, you know, um, offset, Um I have a short film on Amazon Prime called Reflections. Hey, you can okay. check out. <laughs> Little plug there, sorry. <laughs> but um, but yeah, and uh, you know, I do a YouTube channel, which is um, uh, we were kind of talking about this a little bit before, but uh, this year, uh, my girlfriend she challenged me to make a, a video every single week for one year, and up until this point, um, I've uh, I've been true to that, and a couple more weeks nice. in the year. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. how's it going for you, man? You a lot of fun. I, I enjoy it. Um, yeah. You know, for me, like, YouTube was, along with being, like, you know, a, a place for entertainment or whatever, um, it, it was always a place for learning for me. Um, I had put down guitar for, for many years, and I kind of taught, retaught myself guitar by just YouTube t- tutorials that mm-hmm. were... You still play? I, I still play. Awesome. Yeah, and, and if you go on, on the, you know, Robbie Backpacking, you'll see various uh, guitar covers that me and my girlfriend do. Uh, my girlfriend, she's a, a, a musical performer. She does mm-hmm. opera and, and Broadway stuff. How'd you guys meet? What's that? How'd you guys meet? Oh, how did we meet? We yeah. we actually met here in, in, in Princeton. Really? She she was going to school at Westminster Choir College. Yeah. Which, it's a small school, probably about 400 students or so. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it, it is on par with like a Juilliard. It is, really? It is, it's it, hard to get into? It's hard to get into. And it, their, their choir program is, I would say... Um, you know, definitely one of the, the t- top programs in the country for sure. But uh, yeah, and and so I think you know I had gotten out of a tough relationship uh, uh, about two years prior to that, and you know I'd, I'd been dating, but I I wasn't really to date. I wasn't really ready to date anybody until I met her, and I think the fact that we were both kind of in the arts mm-hmm. lended itself to us yeah, getting together. It's and, huge, bro, because she's supportive of your of your filmmaking and stuff which is which was a huge difference from yeah. you know what I encountered before because it was before that was like why don't you just get a normal job and live a normal sure. life and yeah. and you know but this you, is you didn't want to settle right exactly yeah. but it was also like you know I felt like it was hypocritical mm-hmm. coming from somebody who was like just you know working retail somewhere at like you know just a you know it's it's like is that sure. your dream job yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that, that's not to bash on anyone mm-hmm. who's who's doing that but I'm just sure. saying like you know, everyone's got to defi- decide for themselves what they want to do with so it. So take me through like like a typical like set, for example. What would you be for doing? For sure. So mm-hmm. for the productions that I work on, they're for programs like um, CBS, uh, BET, Sci-Fi, NBC, uh, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, stuff like that. Um, so they're, they're big productions. Um, y- if you were in New York and you were on a block where we were shooting – you'd see these big like 18 wheeler trucks um, and all of them, all of those trucks have equipment from different departments. So you have camera, grip, electric, hair, makeup, wardrobe, uh, set dressing, like the list goes on and on. 
and we will basically take all of our carts and our equipment uh, into a location. Mm-hmm. Um, and as at my job, uh, which is uh, a camera loader, um, part of what I'm doing is setting up all of our wireless transmission so that the director and director of photography, the cinematographer, um, they can look at the monitors, uh, see, you know, and go shot by shot mm. to get, you know, to, to set the lighting the way it should look to give it that, uh, you know, that nice look with maybe a, the appropriate amount of shadows or, you know, they'll figure out if there's motion to the shot, um, what sort of lenses they want to use. And then, you know, you go scene by scene, you get the shots you need to get and you, uh, you do your best to make it through the day as quickly yeah. as possible. It's pretty high tech though, right? It is. I mean, it's what I've learned is that, um, you know, there's this expression, it takes a village, you know, to make a movie, but it really is true because you have so many technicians in various departments that are, um, you know, basically you have to work out the logistics to find a way to get that done. So, if you have a period piece, you need to make sure everyone's wearing the, you know, clothes from that time period, right? Yeah. If you're um, going for a more dramatic look, maybe you have like these like film noir, like dramatic shadows that you have to get. Or maybe if, uh, maybe you have a guy who's who's adding some haze to the shot because you need to have like that atmospheric, like Marvel look, you yeah, know, where it's that's like dope. there's kind of smoke everywhere. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and so everyone kind of like plays their part to to get through the day. And, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, What's the most exciting part about like being on set for you? Most exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, I think... A lot of it is is seeing being there firsthand and seeing how it's done, mm-hmm. because as somebody who wants to be eventually the guy with the creative power, right? Who wants to be the writer director um, on on set? I've seen many directors who are very capable, but I've also seen many directors that have to be basically babied. <laughs> through their process. Any stories? No names, though. No names. Yeah, but... no names. But yeah. um, I mean, it just so there are things you know. Something as simple as like the one eighty rule, which is that you know uh, you sort of will set up um, a scene where you you are looking in a hundred and eighty degree plane, where like if somebody's on the left, they kind of remain on the left. If somebody's on the right, they remain on the right. Mm-hmm. But it's a very basic concept in film, but. You know, when you have a director who doesn't really understand that or doesn't understand the production workflow, um, it can really slow down a production. And, and for a production, it's the difference of potentially tens of thousands of dollars. But what's been cool is for me to understand how these different departments interact with one another um, and, you know, just to, to understand what you have to do to, to really make a professional product. Yeah. And, your, and your end goal, like we talked about before this podcast started, was to be a director, right? That's right. Um, so when I'm, when I'm off set, um, I'm always either making YouTube videos, um, writing uh, feature-length scripts or TV shows. Um, and my ultimate goal is to, to be able to uh, work with other creatives, but to, to be... You know, I, I really crave that creative influence and, and instead of just being sort of a technician where I, I feel like I'm a little bit more of a, a cog in the wheel, yeah. so to speak. So like going speak. through the motions, right? Exactly. Because, I mean, that's not to say that like my function isn't critical, mm-hmm. but it's to say that it doesn't come with the um, uh, creative, you know, uh, control that I, I I would want. Yeah. You know, influence. Over yeah, and by being director, you have more creative control of what goes on during during set, right? For exactly. example. Exactly. And and I would I kind of feel like if if I had that, then 
the the production is like kind of more it feels like it's more mine yeah for sure for someone else's vision or exactly for sure do you feel like it's really important to like know the right people in this industry like to go go further in your career yeah like most of the work that that i get is is word of mouth so it's people that i've worked with in the past that 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 trust me Mm -hmm. um but it's also just you know um they want to know that you're able to not only get there on time but to to you know, suck up the 14 hours because it is kind of like being in the trenches, you know. <laughs> I say like being on a film set is it's, it's a little bit like being in war in the sense that it's like moments of chaos followed by moments of just like calm followed by moments of chaos followed by moments of calm. You love it, right? I, I, I love it, um, but it's, it's something that I definitely, you know, I, I'm not sure if I'll be within the same part of the industry that I am now. Like right now I'm in the camera department but, you know, I, I've done various things throughout the years. I've done videography. I've done post-production. Um, and those there are worlds within those worlds, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, what, part of what I'm still discovering is exactly where my niche is within that. that you have an idea? I mean, I know it's – I know that I I, um, I think it is eventually writing and directing. It's just mm-hmm. the trajectory the trajectory to get there – is not always like a set path. Yeah, it's actually a line. It's like more of a zigzag curve, right? You just go from one thing to the next thing, and eventually you eventually to the right. Exactly. Like you want to be. somebody like Scorsese, he mm-hmm. was an editor, came up in the editing world, and they were like, oh, well, you understand how different shots interact together, so they gave him a chance directing. Right. For somebody like Christopher Nolan, you know, he was a writer, he was in the writing world. Um, he kind of came up that way and got the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, so there are, are there's not one set path to... to for, to get to, to yeah. a position like that. I think part of it is just you got to just make stuff and do it. And hopefully eventually, you know, you get the right eyes on the, some of the projects you've yeah. done in the past. And what would be your yeah, ideal film? If you were to film like one thing, what would be like? I give you everything. I give you the crew, uh-huh. everything. Like what the would funding you, for it. Funding yeah. for it. What would you what would you do? So I have a, I have a film that I, um, I submitted to a screenplay competition. It's called Backwards. Mm-hmm. I, I can't get super in-depth into no. what it's about. Just no worries. <laughs> But um, it, the idea essentially is that it's it's a world flipped on its head, mm-hmm. um, and so I wanted to talk about uh, social issues affecting our society, but kind of with the shoe on the other foot, mm-hmm. you know, where like the oppressors are the oppressed, and like kind of you know like everything is backwards. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Because I, I, for me, it's like you know we grew up in this community that was really diverse, and to an extent. I think we we didn't see color as much as like a lot of communities that are yeah. m- much more you know like uh, heavily white or heavily black. Where we we grew up in a very diverse community, um, and th- so I think we got exposed to a lot of different types of cultures and stuff. Um, but that's not the case in a lot of places. And um, you know, to me, it's like so crazy to think that like civil rights was only like sixty years ago, slavery was only like hundred and fifty years ago, and like. Mm-hmm. You know there are there are systematic reasons for for why things exist and and I think to to really uh, progress as a society we have to look at those and and for me film is is always been one of those ways where um, I I believe in like what Robert Ebert said about film which is he said it's the greatest tool of empathy you know we we literally like jump into somebody else's body and their story and we like you know we're able to sort of uh, it, it kind of gain that empathy by almost literally like jumping into the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what I'm hoping is that with my films, you know, I, I, I there is so much like regurgitation and just like mindless stuff out there. I, 
I really believe like art, uh, movies and, and film art uh, and TV too. Um, they're, they're an art form and, and hopefully, uh, you know, people will continue to see it as that and, and not just like, yeah, man, hopefully one day we'll see that movie, man. It'd be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so let, let's, let's go back in like high school, Robbie. How, how was that like in high school? Like, what were you like in high school compared to like now? Um, oh man, I was, I was kind of, I would consider myself a floater. Yeah. That's what I would say. Okay. Cause like. I played sports year round, but mm. I wouldn't consider myself a jock because mm. I, I also did acting yeah. and I was also like, you know, always making like sketch comedy things with my friends. I remember. We, we were making music videos. I remember. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, 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 don't, I never felt like I belonged to just like one community. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always interested in a lot of stuff and I think that's true even today. Um, you know, I, um, you know, I, I, I'm in the film world, but I have friends from, you know, every industry and walk of life. And uh, I think it's important because it's like, you know, I think we live in this world that's like so heavily sensationalized that you kind of have to go out and like see things firsthand for yourself. And that's why I'm a big advocate for travel. Travel a lot. Yeah, yeah, because you have a YouTube channel for traveling too. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I'm like> that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the channel's called Robbie Backpacking. But um, you know, it's on YouTube, and and the idea behind it was to show people that traveling is not as hard as uh, not as hard and not as expensive and not as scary as you think it's going to be. Um, I wanted to give people kind of an immersive experience into what it'd be like to like see different cities around the world. And, uh, and also like how to do it. So like if you're applying for like a visa for mainland China or something, or if you, uh, you know, you want to have tips on saving money or, 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 or ways you can like get around or what, what, what you have to consider, um, what kind of, how, how to pack, um, th- these are all things that, that go into travel. Um, and you know, I, I, just like I had learned how to play guitar in a lot of ways or, or mm-hmm. pick it back up from those tutorials, right. that was my way of like paying it forward. Yeah, that's dope. Tell us about that that commercial opportunity you had with uh, your girlfriend. Oh, how that come about? You know, the funny thing is with YouTube, I think a lot of people think that, you know, you just if you have a video up and it gets viewed, like it just automatically gets monetized. And for a long time, it was it was kind of like that. I think if you got a certain amount of views, you'd you'd get that. But um, a lot of that content was also spam content. And they, so they've sort of upped the threshold of what you need to to get in terms of viewership to to get monetized. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the money you would make from YouTube are more so from like sponsorships um, and, and, and sort of external sources other than just like directly the advertising from YouTube. And uh, there was a, a middleman um, that licenses, li- licenses clips uh, from YouTube and sells it to these bigger companies to, to use in potential commercials. Um, and there was a company uh, that reached out to me on behalf of uh, um, uh, I don't know if I can say the name oh, of the no company worries. or not. I'll just say a telecommunications company Okay. <laughs> for their commercial. Gotcha. Um, and they basically, there was this video uh, of that my girlfriend and I were in. It was this eight-second clip they wanted to use for this uh, commercial. Mm-hmm. And they licensed uh, for one year uh, to use this eight-second clip for about 600 bucks, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. 
but um yeah that was pretty cool that was like that that was like the biggest bulk sum of money i've ever gotten yeah. from youtube <laughs> that's awesome and you still continue in youtube also right making videos absolutely a lot of it's been uh new york city uh, mm-hmm. centric just because i'm living there now yeah but um but yeah every time i, I travel i kind of take these working vacations sure. so i've been all across uh europe and asia um so you know the asia trip was like shanghai hong kong tokyo osaka bangkok Europe, I've been uh, London, Paris, Madrid, Barcelona, Amsterdam, Munich, Venice, Florence, Rome. So, yeah, and all across the U.S. Yeah, favorite place you visited? You know, my favorite place, I've been a lot of cities, Mm -hmm. but New York City is still my favorite city in the world. There's there's something special about it. Yeah. Um, You know, you have 500 plus languages spoken there. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got just about every industry in the world, every type of food you can think of. And that's not to say it's a perfect city. I mean, it's definitely not the cleanest city. You have to deal with the hustle and bustle and the rat race that comes with it. For sure. But if you're willing to, if you're able to get over that, I think it's so worth it. I mean, the public transportation is, is, is so good. Like I don't need a car anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, I just feel like it's, every time you think you've seen the whole city, there's there's still so much more to uh, discover, right? Exactly. And see, that's cool, man. And uh, for me, that's the cool thing about New York. I mean, if you want to find little escapes and getaways and kind yeah. of find nature. You know you the places that. to go to. <laughs> I, I did last week in Brooklyn an, an axe throwing class. Like, you know, so I... I yeah, I saw the video. That was crazy. <laughs> that was awesome. So like when you make YouTube videos, do you do a ton of research before you go in and film? I, I like to just because um, I don't like going into stuff blind usually. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like, you know, if I'm going to give these kind of immersive instructional kind of tutorials or like at at least like kind of guides of what you can kind of see and do. Um, I at least want to know what, what they have to offer so that I can um, kind of, you know, regurgitate that in in a way where along with feeling like you're there, you get to, to know what's there a little bit better. Mm -hmm. As if I'm walking with you and on these tours, you know, through YouTube, that's awesome. Exactly. Videos. That's so cool, man. So if you were to give advice to high school, Robbie, to what you know now, what would you say to high school Ralphie? I think I would say don't like don't care so much in yeah. the sense that like things are gonna happen that are like outside of your control. Um, but you always have the ability to like walk away from something, to try something new, to um, you know, like if if you fail at something like it's not the end of the world. Um, so I would just say that, you know, you, I used to be a lot more like nervous and like self-conscious about whatever people thought and stuff. And Mm. as I've gotten older, I just realized that like everyone's got their own path and trajectory and like, don't, don't like compare yourself to other people because, you know, they may be making like a lot more money than you, but they may be completely unhappy with their life or their career. Like, I think life is all about like balance and you got to find the right combination of like what makes you happy, you know, along with like providing for yourself and, mm-hmm. you know, you got to, for everyone, like what makes you happy is different. Some people like traveling, some people like making money and buying stuff. Some people like going out and drinking, like, I don't know, like yeah. everyone's got their own thing. Like, sure. Yeah. How do you balance between like work and your side hobbies, whatever hobbies you may have or your girlfriend, how do you balance the two together? It, it's it not always easy, I'll be yeah. honest with you, because um, it, it does. It, a lot of times it seems like there's not enough hours in the day. <laughs> For sure, yeah. But um, I think the 
best way is to try and and plan ahead or, or, or schedule a little bit. You know, time management is a, is a big thing mm-hmm. um, because I think as you get older and older, um, you're just just with work alone that takes out so much of your day. Um, you know, sleep takes out so much of your day. So finding time to do the things that you're passionate about, you really have to commit to it um, and, and commit to it every week. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, if you want to be a writer, it's not like you can just like write like once a year. Like, you know, you have to be, consistent. I would say, consistent. Like if you want to improve that craft or if you want to improve like your video editing or, or mm-hmm. uh, music production, whatever it is, sure. um, like, you know, I'm sure you've gotten better and better over time, but that's by you you know, working at that craft again and again. And yeah, again. putting that work every week. And getting feedback. Yeah, and, and exactly. So, I, and I think that's a big part of it too, is, you know, if you want to improve uh, part of finding that balance too is, is is getting honest, unbiased feedback. Yeah, feedback's huge, right? Is there any feedback for you, like, that you had in the past that really stood out to you? One thing my friend told me, and I, I've tried to incorporate this a little bit more, because yeah. um, a lot of it is traveling. Uh, he was like, you know, I'd love to see some more maps. <laughs> maps? Really? But, and it's a little thing, but it, it makes sense because it's like, oh, if you're going to be traveling somewhere, it's like, what, yeah. where is this in relation to this? Or like... Interesting. You know, but little things like that, or, um, you know, sometimes it's 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 about like, uh, with a video too, like sound levels, right? Yeah. Like I used to bump the music up way too loud. And so it would like kind of um, mute out like the people talking. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and... Uh, I think just like having like researching a little bit more and prepping is is has helped me a lot too. Yeah, doing a lot of research beforehand, right? Exactly. Yeah, because I watched the videos; they're pretty good, man. I mean, like you 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 uh you film and you you travel a lot. And you pretty much like film yourself traveling and you're narrating the whole, giving a story pretty much to the audience. I mean, it's pretty pretty amazing stuff. Oh, thanks, man. It's, yeah, it, it's tough when you're kind of like a one man crew. In a lot of ways, I've kind of like mimicked just based on like the necessity of it, yeah. um, kind of the style of somebody like a, a Casey Neistat in the sense that like, it's basically a Joby pod, a DSLR, and then you got like a, a, an onboard mic, like yeah. a video mic pro. Um, but that, that setup, like you can get a pretty decent image mm-hmm. for a price point that is like exponentially smaller than like, you know, what you'd use on a, a film set. For sure. Yeah. And you can kind of like, it's, you know, I, I think it's maybe on par with like, a low budget travel channel show or something. Mm-hmm, yeah. But, but that's, I mean, considering that it's like one person, like normally you'd have a crew of people doing that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you got to just work with what you got and exactly. try to, try to get the most production value out of it. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty well put together, man. Like congratulations, bro. Like you <laughs> keep, keep doing it, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So my goal with this podcast is to inspire, you know, the listener. Mm-hmm. And um, if you were to give advice to to my audience for listening right now, and whether they be in the car or their commute to work, like what would you say to them? I would say that life is short. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like um, you know, I blinked and I went from like twenty two to now I'm twenty nine. Um, the last couple of years, they feel so fast and. I feel like you, because life moves so fast, you might as well do something that you're passionate about, at least mm-hmm. something you don't hate. Um, because there are a million and one jobs that you could be doing. But ultimately, I think you should do something that you're either passionate about um, or you have some sort of like natural attraction to. Because, you know, I, I do think that the people that 
that work in an industry that they, they love never really work a day in their life. And um, that's not to say that it's going to be instant success. You know, you're still going to have to work at it. You're going to have to learn stuff. But it's to say that, you know, life is short, so you might as well do something that you enjoy. That's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a great podcast. I had a lot of fun with this one. It's been good, man. For you sure. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Um, do, you want to, do you think you're missing anything? Do you want to... Any, no, last, any last comments? Man, yeah, it. appreciate it, man. Do you want to plug anything? Um, yeah, so uh, you can check out my short film on Amazon Prime, Reflections. Um, type it in, and uh, it's about 15 minutes. You can check out my YouTube channel, Robbie Backpacking, if you want to learn how to travel the world. And uh, if you need any videography, uh, check out Reflections Film LLC, and uh, I can help you out with your next uh, corporate video, wedding, uh, music video, you name it. Cool, man. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, bro. Yeah, thank you. You're coming out, bro. Definitely. All right. You're good. Are we out? Peace. That's episode four of Ox Talk. If you enjoyed listening to the show, you know, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, uh, screenshot your phones, and tag me. Use the hashtag Ox Talk. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you guys. So that's it for episode four. Thank you guys for your support, and I'll see you guys on the next episode.